0: Well, we thought about getting rid of Joe, but we had no one to blame everything on. True. Very true. So, you guys are still a little quiet in my head,
1: in my ears, but you I try have to keep the voices it. down in my head, too. I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready whenever you are. You tell me when to hit the button.
0: Dan, did you upgrade your hard drive so you can record your audio this time? My Google Drive? You're like 7 gig audio file that you sent yeah It
1: was only three gig and no i didn't update my google drive ours was like 900k and yours is three gig you're recording like high high five super high def yeah i, I can change stadium. it if you think
0: i need to but no it. hey you sounded amazing
1: yeah now you're flowing smoke somewhere
0: <laughs> gotta love my voice <laughs> gotta keep it nice and sexy for all the fans
1: Yes, goes with my face for radio. Do you (laughs) warm it up before every show?
2: Me, 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 me.
1: I'm saving it up for you guys. Appreciate that.
0: Coming up in this episode, we cover Rocco's audio woes, Linux Mint 20, and the big old gray mammal in the room, and take a look at a program we can't believe isn't on every Linux distro. Welcome to the Linux user space. Hello, and welcome to Linux User Space. I'm Joe. I'm Leo. I'm Dan. And I'm Rocco. How are you guys doing? What you been up to? Well,
3: I had audio problems, and, you know, I got told by a couple people that we won't name that the audio on my <laughs> end was pretty bad last <laughs> week. And let's hope it's better this week, but um, I've been having audio issues in general lately, and there was a buzz in the recording. And it was all kinds of just bad issues. So we talked about it, all four of us talked about it off camera, off mic last week. And we said, you know, you should probably just take everything apart and start one by one, putting everything back in to see which piece of hardware is the problem. And I just want to say that was some lousy advice, dude. (laughs) It was the best (laughs) advice. You (laughs) needed
0: an intervention. You are welcome. We had to exercise the sound demons.
3: Well, here's the thing. I did that and I unplugged everything, put a, started putting piece by piece back in, and as soon as I went to plug in the Alesis mixer, yeah, I got nothing. It was dead. Yep.
0: What happened?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Smoke and flames. Yep.
0: Happens to all of us every now and then. Mm-hmm. Well, seeing how this is the thing that connects the mic to the computer, it's <laughs> I have to have it. So needs to function.
3: Yeah, it needs to work. So I ended up having to rush Amazon Prime type thing, a Yamaha mixer. And I was kind of leery about it because, you know, there were people that had asked if it worked on Linux. And, you know, you had these mixed reviews saying, oh, well, you know, I don't, it doesn't really work on my own Linux. And then, you mean you had mixed reviews from people? From people. On Amazon? Yeah. Imagine that. Shocker. So I took a chance, got it, and it works perfect. Uh, the buzz, by the way, is gone. So mm. I don't know, Dan, what do you think? Power supply on the leases or what?
1: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. You, your power supply was stressed and you unplugged it and you tried to plug it back in and it said, no, thank you. <laughs> well,
0: it's not stressed anymore. I'd nope. like to point out that I think on Biddle, we were like, pull your video card out. It's the power supply on the computer. There's a rat running through the wall at the same time you're talking. There were so many wild things, Joe said. Uh, him. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of ideas. Call your congressman. You need to get the mayor involved. There was, we went to the mat, like found all the problems. Yeah, well, I actually found the
3: problem. And so let's hope. That um, you know, all the audio issues are gone and the
0: sound is okay. Yeah, well, you ruined episode one. Now we're we're okay. We can we're on episode two. So it's all my it's fault.
2: Okay. You get to make all your mistakes on episode one. Episode two, we're we're a hundred percent. No one's going to make any mistakes at all for sure, and we're we're going to be great. Do we need to go back and rename that episode
3: to "I Blame Rocco" instead of "I no, Blame no, Joe"? It's still well, Joe's
1: fault. Joe Joe didn't give you a good audio mixer to work with, so no. My fault. Sorry, fellas. I'll work on that. Yeah.
0: So the last two weeks, fellas, we've been working on Linux Mint 20. The best one. uh, As we did last time with Pop, we're going to take a look at the history here. A lot of history involved with Linux Mint. Uh, It's been around for quite a while. And uh, started with Mr. Clement Lefebvre. I'm uh,
3: sorry. What was that, Joe?
0: Clement Lefebvre. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I was going to Google that, but he goes by Clem. (laughs) Yeah, let's go with Clem. So we're going to go with Clem. So Mr. Clem, founder of the Linux Mint Distro. He started getting into Linux in the mid-90s, but uh, his real kind of passion, it seems, from the interviews I could find formed as he was writing different reviews for the linuxforums.org site, which is no longer there. He created Linuxmint.com to develop some of his own tutorials and reviews, so he wanted them separate from this linuxforums.org. As he was going about doing this, he started getting ideas about how he would design a distro, you know, what what he liked, what he didn't like, and how he would put it into effect. So evidently, as he started writing some of these ideas, the uh, users and followers of his website, linuxmint.com, they liked the idea. So they kind of convinced him a little bit and uh, got him involved. So around 2006, we find ourselves with Linux Mint 1.0, ADA. And this was based on Kubuntu. It pretty much was beta only, never really hit mainstream release, but it was there. Got a lot of good feedback again from his, uh, his readers at the time. And he moved on in development of Linux Mint. So fast forward to the fall of 2008. We're at version three at this point, And that's when it really starts to pick up traction. He starts using the Ubuntu repos and he's using in-house de- an in-house developed code base at this point, not using the Ubuntu base. They have their own developed code base that they're working with. And the decision eventually happens later that year
2: for simplicity to start basing solely on Ubuntu. Uh, this is about the time where I picked up on Linux Mint. I had been using Ubuntu for quite a while At this point, uh, I don't know, I guess quite a while means about two years, something like that. And there were just a bunch of issues with it. Uh, I had this little tiny Sony Vio laptop that this is right when widescreen laptops were getting big. And I I remember having to fiddle around with X to make it widescreen. Uh, I also remember having to fiddle around with the Wi-Fi to make that work. And then I do remember also having to add in things uh, like codecs. I think that's really where Linux Mint may have gotten a lot of its popularity. It, it brought in all the things that you knew you wanted, but for some reason, other distros couldn't or wouldn't package it uh, or put it in uh, the base install anyway. And I do remember when you installed Linux Mint, it would say, hey, in your country, if this is legal, check this box. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I don't think no. we do that anymore. I think no. they just <laughs> drop it in there now. Don't ask if it's legal. Just do it. Exactly right. They won't find you.
3: Well, I remember trying Linux Mint in those days, in 2008, because I started in around 2005. And, you know, I don't remember much about it. I just remember using it early in those days. And, you know, I have to say that even though it was easy, like even though it, made, it was trying to make things easy, it wasn't always easy. Nothing in Linux
0: back then was really easy. Not at all. <laughs> And it's interesting you both mentioned that the effort to make things easy, because uh, in an interview in 2007, uh, Clem was quoted there as saying uh, they were including efforts to make things work out of the box, such as NTFS integration, multimedia codecs. And then they were working on different tools to ease the use of the computers like Mint Disk, Mint Assistant, Mint Install, Envy, all these other things that that they developed to make the user experience A simpler one. And that's, that's kind of the feel I got as I was looking back over some of the history here is that they really were set out to focus on the ease of use for the user. They were more concerned and more user focused than perhaps others at the time, or just it's readily visible. You know, you could feel it when somebody works on those little aspects, because those were pain points for all of us as we were trying to work on uh, work in Linux, you know, <laughs> codex, good grief. Yep. So, uh, so happy to be where we're at now. All right. So we go a little further after this, they've decided to base solely on Ubuntu, uh, 2010, they start working on the LMDE project, which is based solely on Debian, but it's a rolling release. Imagine that mint <laughs> rolling release guys what, a, what a, and debian zone.
1: debian rolling
0: right debian rolling i don't even know if those things fit together but you can always just hop on sid mm-hmm. and just see how fast things blow up very cool um but again in 2015 a few five years later they're like ah we've had enough of this rolling stuff we're gonna move lmde to an lts as well so that is also now working on an lts kernel. So. The other thing to think about is with Linux Mint, you can't help talk about Linux Mint without talking about the Cinnamon desktop, right? That is Linux Mint. It is Linux Mint. That's kind of how I feel about it as well. When I think of Linux Mint, I don't think of the other versions. I think of Cinnamon. Very true.
3: There is no version of Cinnamon that is outstanding. Linux Mint is the one you think of.
0: Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, April 2011, it's a breaking point, right? Who knows? Dan, Dan's a history man. What's going on in 2011
1: (laughs) with desktop environments? So, Gnome Gnome 2 decides to go move on to Gnome 3, and you see things like Mate materialize a little later because people liked the, you know, feel of Gnome 2. I'm one of them. I'm yeah. one
2: of them. I loved it. I mean, because you learn about it in Ubuntu. Uh, if you start early on in your Ubuntu versions and you just you fall in love with it, I I guess. I, I certainly did. But Dan, this was a big deal. Like this was there was a lot of upset people.
1: Absolutely. There was a lot of pushback. And yeah, people wanted it to stay the same. And there was enough driving force to push towards, you know, making a fork of that.
0: Yeah and that's that was the difference right the uh, gnome 3 we well last week we talked about uh, windows right and uh what drove me to linux <laughs> <laughs> and uh windows 8 it was like this very big change in how your operating system you you interfaced with it completely gnome 3 is definitely not gnome 2 right. um and and it wasn't this gradual adjustment right it wasn't like hey we're going to implement these little pieces or whatever they were just like yeah, no. boom they slap you your,
2: in the face with it man this is it
0: this is how you use your operating system so as you've all mentioned yes there was a lot of ah, frustration in the community so just as with mate uh, xfce gnome 2 cinnamon was developed to keep that feel right that keep it that windowsy feel start menu in the bottom left hand corner get to your apps get to your sub menus yada 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 so we see that uh, it was originally a front end to gnome so they didn't come out and just develop this new desktop environment on its own right it was sitting on top of the gnome development that had happened and even as i was digging through it talked about how they really tried to work with extensions and tried to make it look and just couldn't get it working right even expressed some frustrations there with working directly with gnome trying to get it to work better with cinnamon and so they could make it all function and it just seems like it didn't go very far so after that in 2013 version 2.0 cinnamon comes out it is still gtk based yet you no longer need gnome itself so it does not need gnome installed to run so it becomes its own desktop environment now we fast forward many years and we see that cinnamon has become a desktop environment on a lot of different distributions it's uh supported on some and then it's unsupported on either on some others yet it's still out there. Ubuntu cinnamon remix comes to mind, uh, or a spin like Fedora has it available. Cinnamon has become its own desktop environment and it has quite the following.
2: And don't forget about Manjaro.
0: Yep. Manjaro cinnamon is good. Yeah, yeah. There was a litany of them. I, I wasn't going to list them all, but yeah, there was actually shockingly a lot more than I, I knew you could get cinnamon on. So they've also worked on their X apps in-house apps based on various gnome apps but they've been modified to work across the various flavors of mint, cinnamon, mate, XFCE. So you have a similar app environment, no matter which desktop environment you're going to get on. So that's kind of neat as well. They added spices, which is interesting as well. It's an add-on repository filled with themes, applets, desklets, and extensions that you can get to customize your experience on cinnamon. So it's become a full-fledged desktop environment. And I know we've all had quite a bit of experience with it now. Leo, especially. Lots of experience with it over the years. Oh, yeah. And uh, watched it grow as well, right? Because it is uh, continually in development. So, another big change for Linux Mint in May 2014, Linux Mint 17 comes out. And at this point, they changed their release strategy, which I remember this and it being kind of an interesting way of developing things. So, now they were going to pretty much focus on the LTS release and all of their point releases thereafter we're still going to be built on the LTS. So 17.1.2.3, all built on 14.04. All the 18 builds, all built on 16.04. So interestingly, that brings us to now. And it is kind of exciting that with the 20.04 release of Ubuntu, we're on a new cycle. So Linux Mint 20 and the dots that follow will be built on this 20.04 LTS. So that is pretty much the nuts and bolts of the history of linux mint
2: and i think a lot of that was done uh for the same reason that they stopped rolling on lmde right it's just too unstable uh, not not that the packages are bad just that they had more issues by sticking on the every six month release for ubuntu than they would have if they were going for just the long-term support release so in 17 that's what happened. And I I think it has been a good thing overall for Linux Mint. I mean, you see stability just kind of skyrocket at this point.
1: I think developing on a known target rather than a moving one is, is easier for them to be able to provide that stability.
0: That's it. It also seems like they know their user base. Um, that does tend to be something that they would appreciate, right? You're targeting
2: a conservative market, right? Because... The thing already looks like Windows XP in the first place around Linux Mint 17 and 18. So, you know, these people don't want change. They they really, <laughs> overall, just don't. They can theme it if they want it. But, yeah, out of the box, it's conservative. To say the least. Yeah. If they want some flair, they can get a desklet,
3: right? Exactly. Did you guys use any of the desklets, spices,
0: anything? I couldn't get... I got one to work. I had a couple I couldn't get to work. But I also thought maybe with the fresh update, some of the desklets hadn't been updated yet. So that might also have been some of the issue there.
2: Yeah, actually, I I just... um, One of the extensions, the transparent bar extension. Transparent panel. Yeah, that one uh, was actually not updated until these past couple of days. So... Um if you tried to do it earlier on during our during our trials uh it would have said something like you know this is not tested with the current version of cinnamon do it at your own risk it might blow your stuff up. So <laughs> yeah, but now uh it's up it's it's updated. So uh it's on and I have a transparent panel now. Yay. Me nice. too. Made your day. It really did. I I really do love a transparent panel to be honest.
0: So I stumbled across a couple of interviews that Clem had done over the years one in 2007 and one in 2013 and he had a few interesting things to say and they we will link those in the show notes and one of the things I found interesting he was asked about why fork Ubuntu why create a new distribution and interesting how he rounded out that conversation there with the uh, person interviewing him he said Ubuntu was never forked it was and still is used As a package base and regarded as an upstream component. Why Ubuntu? Because it was and still is the best package base. And I thought it important to highlight some of the positive things. Sometimes we get focused on maybe the negative things that are out there, but that was a very positive message that uh, Clem had there for why they chose Ubuntu. We already know, I think, that it's a testament to Ubuntu that somebody would base off of them. Why? Well, because it's pretty good and they know what they're doing, right?
3: Well, here's my question.
0: Can you take
3: the comment that he made in that interview and then take some of the comments that he recently made and put that together to
2: see exactly how he feels about Ubuntu? I think you can, I think you can take what he said back then, and I don't necessarily think that overall that has changed, but I think you can see that he doesn't always agree with everything that his upstream decides.
1: And and you can have that disagreement with an upstream project and still patch or work around or do what you need to do that you think is best for yours. (laughs) Yeah, he did.
0: (laughs) There's been some patching going on. But yeah, I I think it was important that just because they're frustrated on a certain situation currently, you know, we we tend to paint broad brushes sometimes and we're like, ah, they are always this way or they are always that way. And I think sometimes we catch people in different moments in their lives or what's going on and it's maybe it's a rough time, whatever. And things are expressed in ways that aren't the most positive positive. And we can pick them apart and all that. And we all did very much. So I've definitely, <laughs> I definitely have had my uh, picking of a lot of the things that he said on the, on the, uh, release there, but I, I was happy to read this. It just, it did make me happy because you want to think that people are positive. You want to think they appreciate the hard work that's done by others. And at some point it shows, you know, he did appreciate it. He did think what they were doing was
2: good work. You know how I know he still appreciates it? Linux Mint 20 is still based on Ubuntu. That should say enough. Sure. Without snaps. <laughs> you don't need them. <laughs> They're good, but you don't need them. All right, guys.
0: So some of the basic distro details, again, we'll, go, we'll run through these pretty rapid fire. It's built on Ubuntu. What desktop environments are available? Cinnamon, Mate, XFCE. File managers and Nemo to fork of Nautilus. That's if you're using cinnamon, if you're on Mate or XFCE. Second you get best file manager on the planet. <laughs>
3: wait a minute. Wait a minute. Manager. Which one's the first one? Are you going to say dolphin? Dolphin is the best file manager okay. on the planet.
2: Okay. Okay. I was going to, if you said anything else, I wasn't going to give you a pass on that, but dolphins. All right.
0: <laughs> uh, it's using apt and whatever type of app do you want to go with here? Sort of, sort of app, sort of, it's sort of using apt, uh, dev packages. Uh, gtk three is a user interface system. D woo, woo, I guess. And uh light DM. Now from a software standpoint, you have, and the, maybe you guys can help me with this. This, I have never been a synaptic guy. So I just, when I get into a distro and there's synaptic and then they have software manager, which seems fine. You can get all your software, can update all your things. And then you launch synaptic and you're like, I, like, I don't know what's going on here.
2: What is, it's, it, maybe it's too simple and I'm overthinking it, but I just don't see a need for both. I, I got to agree with you. I, I remember uh, in a lot of the older distros, that was all you had. That was all you got. Right. So I got, my, I got introduced into Synaptic way back when, but I don't think you need it anymore. And, and I think the software center is good enough in most every distro to get around having to need Synaptic. But on top of that, anytime I feel like I need to turn the wrench I just open up the terminal and do it with apt-get or apt.
3: Well, I think that's a, a thing from you know being in Linux for long enough to where you can do everything in a terminal you want to do. If you're not comfortable with the terminal, having both of them allows a person who's maybe not familiar with the terminal, but still has some things that they know about Linux and maybe they want to look at the dependencies of, of a certain program, which software might not tell them. I think there isn't a, a place for both of them, for a certain set of people that will maybe, like I said, doesn't feel comfortable with the terminal yet, but wants to know a little bit more than what the software center gives you.
0: You tweet at me. I'll help you out with that. <laughs> I do think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Synaptic, the one thing you can do is repair packages. If you've got like a broken install, is that is that still the case? That was kind of the case for it. Before who uses I mean, Synaptic anymore, Joe? Look, man, you, you <laughs> go tweet that junk. Someone's gonna fight, just come at you with dragon fire Damn's about Synaptic's words, the greatest man. thing on the earth. <laughs> it's gonna happen.
3: I'll be honest with you, my dad likes to use Synaptic rather than the software store. He's not gonna go and he's not gonna drop into the terminal and, and start installing programs. He wants a GUI, but he's more old school type interface than the the new flashy software centers. So he—that's what he's comfortable with. God, they are not flashy.
1: <laughs> yeah, it does present things in a different fashion, um, and they could be effective for someone else. <laughs> so if you too, think Dan. Synaptic is the end-all, be-all
0: of package management, you can tweet your hate to at Big Daddy Linux. Oh, I'm
3: there. He will just welcome do it. it all. Just do it.
2: I don't know. I, I just feel like Synaptic is like if you took all the pretty out of every software center that in, in all of existence. That's Synaptic, right? You still get the same functionality out there, but... It's a spreadsheet with search boxes. There you go. Yeah, that's it. Okay. All right, Display Manager, LightDM,
0: X by default, and no Wayland support yet, which didn't really surprise me. I mean, if you're just thinking about how Mint works, right? Wayland's, it's there. If you don't have a graphics card, uh, it's great, I guess. Maybe. Sort of. I don't know. Guake doesn't work on it, so I abandoned it right away. Wouldn't let me use my F12 key. Uh, you had to go tilde, and I'm just not a tilde person. I got to have F12. But yeah, it doesn't surprise me. They're more stability. This works. Let's use it. So I'm not shocked with Wayland. All right. So we are at Linux Mint 20 LTS. Some new features. Warpinator. We're going to talk about Warpinator later. Oh, yeah, we are. Yeah. NVIDIA Optimus support. Tray updates. That's it. You're kidding. That's that's my laundry list. There's some more. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much it.
2: You know, yeah. but that's actually about right cuz what you got you've got this conservative distribution. All of the fancy stuff happened on the Ubuntu side. All right. the all the stuff, yeah. well, most of the stuff we were talking about in Pop! OS, it would just have been a carbon copy, uh, a lot of that stuff. So, yeah, it's it's good. Kernel 5.4, you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's just Ubuntu goodness now.
0: Right. So, we got Ubuntu with Warpinator and a different menu
1: yeah what we got oh, oh, oh and flat pack support oh can't do flat packs on ubuntu well you can Ooh. but not out of the box yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. but, and, uh, you, but I well, think but they have snaps Ooh. um
2: <laughs> anyway true.
0: moving on um <laughs> anyways guys so that's enough right so we, we we talked about the history we've talked about where you know they added a few little things here and we, we are actually warpingator is going to be a good conversation later we're going to save that for a little bit later Adding the NVIDIA Optimus support, that's a must, right? And then they add, they did add in, obviously, by nature, the, the tweaks that Ubuntu developed. All those things are in there. So there was some goodness. There was a reason for an update. But you've been living for two weeks now. Linux Mint 20. What do you think?
2: All right. So this is the same hardware that I was dealing with last time on Pop OS. There, there have been absolutely no changes uh, there except for one thing. My laptop is now sitting on a dock, which um, it turns out I thought that it could have either been Linux Mint or Droid Cam. What it, yeah, Droid Cam um, or something. I, I didn't know what it was, but the the camera would freeze every now and then, and I was I was ready to blame it on Droid Cam. But it turns out it was my dock. So I, I plug it into a different port directly into my laptop. Android Cam is flawless now. So um, outside of that, I'm, I live on Cinnamon. I already live on Cinnamon. So a lot of this, I, I think I, I, I know how to work around if, if there are issues. And there certainly were some. So in the, in the in the first week, I had two seemingly related issues. One of them was an issue where... When when I I slept my T450S, and I try to wake it back up, I would just end up on this screen where it was just, just my desktop, just the way that I had left it. No lock screen, no nothing. Because I have it set to where it would lock when you do that, right? You shut it. it that's just the way that it works by default. I don't think I even actually yeah. set that. So I close it, open it back up 15 minutes later, and yeah, so it's frozen on that screen. And I'm like, what is going on? But the mouse is still working. So I'm like, okay, well, X didn't crash. It's not like a real lockup. Okay, Control-Alt-F1. Turns out I could do that. Logged in and just started poking around. Um, so this is where your new user probably is not going to have uh, the the ability to go in and do this. But, um, you know, maybe there's something easy that you can put together, like a script or something to, to fix this. But... Anyway, the the whole deal was I was poking around and noticed that cinnamon screensaver was still on. I didn't know that it was actually always supposed to be on. I think it's always just on. But that was my first thought. I was like, why is the screensaver still on? That's weird. So I go in and kill it. Go back to uh, the graphical user interface and everything's working again. So for some reason, cinnamon screensaver was crashing every time I slept my laptop. That one was weird. And they had, I think there was a Cinnamon desktop update, fixed that. So I no longer had to worry about that, but then it wouldn't sleep correctly. I think, Joe, you and I both had this issue. You told me something about your XPS. Man. And I put that
0: Joker to sleep and I woke up to it about 125 degrees boiling out of my backpack with the fans running. And I'm like, what is going on, my poor baby, my new baby? What is going on? So, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't get it to sleep properly at first but then today and last week i put it to sleep a couple times went right to sleep like a baby so i
2: you don't pay attention to your updates you just press the button right man look i we talked about this last
0: week oh yeah we did even 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 on cinnamon if if that little shield lit up boy i'm wow, get let me get that update get it, come here give me i want
2: the best yeah so I, i'm on updates like just like that every day another cinnamon desktop update i think is what fixed it because i had the same issue that you did i I slept mine luckily for me i leave mine on the desk and still plugged in but you know i i I, the little thinkpad dot you know it breathes right when it's sleeping (laughs) well it wasn't breathing so uh you know i I knew that it wasn't sleeping so i'll open it back up and obviously you know there it is but yeah another cinnamon desktop update and now I can sleep my laptop. It just works. I wake it back up. It just works. So those issues, while we were testing them out, all got sorted. And yeah, I'm I'm good now. The only other issue that I had was in Chromium. How much do we talk about Chromium? You Chromium Chromium,
1: man. Come on. How did you get that that installed, Leo? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh. Was that in the wow. Did you
0: did you take that right from the store? Was that software manager? Yeah, I remember
2: there was this one time I did sudo apt install Chromium-browser. dash Oh. Yeah. So you well,
0: mean you couldn't go into the software store and just install it? Well, well that, you could.
2: You that, open it up and it's there.
0: That's a dummy package.
2: <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a dummy package. You install it and it's like, yeah, okay, sure. I'll install a dummy package for you. You won't do anything. You can have this folder. Empty folder, yeah. So, there there are a few different ways that uh, that Clem gives you a workaround to get Chromium on your desktop. There's wait, like, hold on,
0: Clem gives you a workaround for the problem Clem created. Well, according to him, he didn't create the problem. I mean, Canonical didn't remove the package, you're right. Like, <laughs> well, well, hold on, technically, well, they, they
2: technically did, technically, they just removed it, to... it, sort of, yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> so. Aside from from all the drama about all of that, I think the the easiest workaround was pretty much what POP did. And really what Clem, well, one of the solutions that Clem is trying to give you to get Chromium is what POP did minus a step. Because what POP does is they, they take the packages, recompile them, put them in their repository, and then present them to you in the software store. Linux Mint, It's not that easy. It is not that easy. But wait, wait, isn't Linux Mint supposed to be easy? Yeah, well, apparently not with Chromium. Okay, all right.
1: I actually uh, witnessed this in their IRC help channel where someone was looking for Chromium and had the same woe that they couldn't open Chromium after they installed it.
3: What was the response,
1: Dan? At first, the first response was that Linux Mint doesn't provide Chromium And then after that, someone did give him the official reply that Leo will let you know.
2: Yeah, it's, I won't say it's easy. It actually looks really daunting when you get there because you have to create two files. You have to put... um, I'm out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm out. You got to what? You got to do what? Now, this might meet the Rocco standard of no PPAs because this is coming from Debian. Now, aside from the work... Would you, Rocco, install a package from the Debian repositories? Mm, that's it's not a tough some random
3: PPA.
1: That's
2: not a random PPA. So I guess I probably would. Okay. So okay. Adventurous. So really, all you got to do is uh, add the Debian repositories. You have to create a preference file that says I don't want nothing from the Debian repositories except for Chromium. And then uh, you have to add the signing keys that way when you download the package, it app doesn't scream at you and say, "I don't know who these are from. So anyway, once you get to that point, apt install chromium, it's there. it's It's the development version. I mean, well it, it's chromium. It's the chromium that Debian packages. And as I said before, it's sort of kind of the same way that that pop uh, provides it to you.
3: Now Leo so is have- that the same version that would be I mean, is the Debian version the same version that pop OS have?
2: I can tell you what version it is right now.
0: Did your hyperlinks come out the right color?
2: <laughs> you know what? I actually totally forgot about this, but let me tell you something. In every version of, a, of, like, Gnomish Ubuntu that I have ever used, those links are purple, man. But every version of Linux Mint that I've ever used, those links are the right color. So, you know what? Is, is it
0: worth the effort, then? I mean, maybe it's worth the effort to get the right color blue. Uh,
2: it might be. So, as far as, uh, as far as the Chromium version goes, it's 83.0.1... Oh, wait, wait. 83.0.4103.116. That's the same version. Okay. I'm a little so, ahead
1: on the snap. So, I'm um, 84.04 uh, something. How dare you? How
0: dare
2: you use a snap? You free open source hating person. Goodness gracious. I I certainly know that going in, um, that Debian's always going to be a little bit slower. And unless there's some kind of egregious um, security issue, it's probably going to be okay. Mm -hmm. But um, anyway, so an earlier version of Chromium, uh, whatever the version was before this one, it would just randomly just turn off. This is not a Mint problem, by the way, um, because I did try it on... uh, Ooh, what other distro was I messing around with? I don't remember. But uh, I was trying it somewhere else, and it would just close. In the middle of whatever you were doing, you could be watching a video, you could be typing something, you could be just surfing the web, you could just leave it off in the corner, and then all of a sudden, boop, gone. So <laughs> I don't know what that was about, but one update later, and it hasn't crashed on me since. So something in the uh, in the dev branch just blew something up. But now we're good.
1: All right, so I installed this on my dell seventy seven twenty which is a a little bit older now. It's third gen i five but it's got eight gig of ram so it's it's not a not a slouch of a machine. It has Nvidia and Intel Optimus video card so for me that that installed the Nvidia drivers very well out of the gate and the nice thing about it was we mentioned that it has the uh the switch enabled so you can switch between nvidia and intel super nice to save some power and save your battery but if you want to get some serious stuff done and i did i installed steam on here and and played some games i mean my machine won't play you know triple a stuff these days but i played civilization 5 which is you know kind of graphics you need to get brother that's right so had some fun with that, and it uh, it, it, it just got work done. So it, it would switch back and forth really nice. The other thing that was super great for me was they had mentioned they updated all the icons in the tray, this, this go-around, and they looked really sharp. I, I really liked that a lot. I think, uh, you know, so I could read the word Intel on the uh, graphics icon, and uh, yeah, I mean, it just it just looked good.
3: Okay, so it's very rare for me to have issues with a Linux Mint, uh, a Linux in general installer. So that went perfect. I didn't install it on the main machine, obviously, and I didn't install it on the laptop. So the only thing that this went on was the test machine. First impressions, you know, like Cinnamon has always had a special place in my heart because it's always been that go-between between KDE and GNOME for settings basically. like It has some great default settings, has enough in the settings that you can get to and change enough of what you want, but not overwhelm you with settings everywhere and 50 ways to get to them. So I do enjoy using the Cinnamon desktop, but I really want to talk about the welcome screen. So... There are many distros that put their take on a welcome screen. And I can't say that this is the best welcome screen that I've ever seen. But this is a really, really good one. And I think part of the reason why it is good is because of what it says and how it's trying to make you feel when you're reading it. So the first words to greet you are, welcome to your new operating system. And I think just those words in itself of saying... When you read that back in your head, it gives you that feeling of, yes, this is my operating system, unlike Windows. So if you're installing this for the first time from Windows and you read that, how good does that make you feel? Like that brings back memories for me of when I first started using Linux and it was like, yes. And it goes on through the welcome screen and I won't read everything out, but the welcome screen will guide you through your first steps. Show you how to find help and where to get in for more information about Linux Mint. Uh, on behalf of the development team and everyone involved in the project, we'd like to thank you for choosing Linux Mint. We hope you enjoy using it as much as we enjoy working on it. Have a great time, and don't hesitate to send us your feedback. That is a well thought out statement to the person that's actually installing it for the first time. It Feels makes good. it makes it doesn't it. I'm, I'm asking yeah. you guys, doesn't that kind of make you feel good when you read
0: that out? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very inviting.
3: You get to the first steps and you have the desktop colors. You got 11 to choose from. It's a one click and it changes the color accents and the icons uh, colors to the color of your choice out of those 11. Right underneath that, there's a one click to enable dark mode. How awesome is that? That is fantastic. It was
1: really great. I I changed to dark mode and clicked on the little blue.
3: Well, the dark mode goes through the whole systems. It's everywhere. It's not like it's partially there. It's halfway there. It's like half baked. No, it, it actually goes through the whole Linux Mint and it works fabulous. And then it takes you through different steps, but steps that are necessary, like system snapshots, Device manager so that you can install any drivers that you might need, like NVIDIA. Update manager. So in previous releases in Linux Mint, it would continually ask you to update uh, your mirrors. Like every single time you went into the updates, every time there was that little bar at the top that said, hey, do you want to refresh your mirrors to a closer mirror? I'm like, why do I need to do this every single? Well, that's no longer there. So just so you know. That was a plus.
0: There might be new mirrors, Rocco. You
2: don't know. <laughs>
0: I just changed the mirror day.
2: last week, yes. dude. Why do I it's need to change it again this there.
0: week? Did you try this mirror?
2: I've, I've never had it come back and tell me anything other than the Wise stuff. So th- is, is that the same for y'all? Have y'all actually gone through it? I have, It's always been
1: Wise. EvoWise. Yeah. Wise like destroys everybody by like fivefold. <laughs> like on those. Yeah. Well, one of the universities across town has a mirror. So for me, that oh. always is number one.
2: I nice. am jealous. Yeah. That's I'm awesome. Not,
1: cause I'm not. I'm not going to be using it
2: much longer. Wow. Oh, you hurt me. You hurt me right here.
1: <laughs> Feels.
3: <laughs> going further down, you have uh, a link to the system settings, software manager, firewall. Then it goes into documentation and help. And this welcome screen to me, it takes everything about Linux Mint that you would want to know and puts it right there for you. Not just the shortcuts to things, but how they want you to feel about Linux Mint. And I think that's what's important about this welcome screen.
2: Well, one, one thing on that documentation, you click on that launch button and it takes you straight to the page that contains all of the stuff that you would ever need to know about re-enabling snaps or getting Chromium in some other way. So, I mean, to just barely tiny touch on the drama a little bit. They don't hide it from you how to fix it. And they do tend to put a brick wall in your way, but they certainly show you how to remove that.
3: Well, let me let me ask you guys, w- did you take a look in the software center itself? And, like I started typing different programs and I, for example, typed in Telegram and there were a few different Telegram blocks in there and the pack version was listed first. Which is pretty interesting to me, seeing how there is one in the repos.
1: I was pretty happy with but that. But
2: that one never gets updated, does it? The one I in don't the repo. Know.
1: If uh-huh. if there was security updates, it would get an update. But yeah, it's pretty stable. It's not going to change. Okay. But like the flat pack, that's probably the one I would seek out first. So I was pretty happy that that was presented first.
0: What I don't like is it doesn't tell me what it is from the search. Yeah. So if I hit search. I get Telegram desktop, but I have to go into it to know whether it's a flat pack or whether it's the dev. you like, right. It doesn't tell you on the search what, you know, which one it is. Right. So that would be nice. That would be a nice ad. It would be. Maybe. Yeah. Just a little more info.
2: The unfortunate part about that is that the only way that you'll know, if you just install them both, it'll show you in the menu that one of them is flat pack. But yeah, before you install them,
0: nope. And, and the others, the, the flat pack one is the one that has the icon. The others are just like a brown lunch paper bag or something. I don't know what that is. It's just a a generic icon, you know? So just little, little things like that. It's not a big deal, but I do. I,
1: the little paper bag things kind of gross. Didn't stop it from working, (laughs) I guess.
3: Well, did you guys change it all? Did you change the desktop around like to meet your needs? I did like four things, I think. I moved the panel to the top, got rid rid of the default menu because that's been my pain point with Cinnamon for years. I installed Cinnamon from the applets, which is a nice looking elementary-esque type menu with features that you can change and customize. So I moved the panel to the top, add Cinnamon, put the clock in the center, and then added the
2: Workspace Widgets. And that was it. Me and you, Rocco, we are pretty close to what we do. Um, I do the same thing. I move it to the top. Uh, I have my very uh, Windows 70, but I make it small. All my icons are up there. I just click them. I have clock in the middle, weather in the middle, and then everything else up in the top right. Just that stays. Uh, And, of course, transparent, though. It's got to be transparent. But I do got to check out the cinnamon menu now because that sounds interesting. I'm not in love with the cinnamon menu, but I don't ever really use it. If, if I need to launch something from that menu, I just hit the super key and type it.
3: If you go into the widgets or the, the applets, I think it is, um, yeah. it is the first one in the download section at the awesome. top.
0: You have piqued okay. my interest. That sounds good. So the one thing I did like about the menu, um, and I'm not a menu, yeah, I use Gnome, right? So I, like, I, I, I prefer that style, I'm not big on the. But the one thing I like is that left side on the default, and and you can change those app applications that are in there. So you've got your power, log out, and lock, which I still think could be one button that gives you those options. That's neither here nor there. But then above that, you've got your four or five different places, like files, command. Like, I kind of actually liked that. You know, I was able to drop, once I figured it out, <laughs> I was hunting for the menu to adjust the menu, and you just drag it and drop it. Yeah, That took me, I felt dumb after that. But, uh, you know, you got your settings there. Uh, terminal and software manager, so kind of once that I thought, man, once the welcome screen goes away, those kind of main pieces are still within reach if you If you know where the super key is or you know how to click that menu button, you can still get at some pretty usable stuff right from the menu
1: i agree i I kept it the same i don't mind the cinnamon menu uh it works for me. um I also installed mate and so that menu is kind of similar i mean the the overall theme and look and everything was very similar to the cinnamon um although a little different but pretty close
0: leo you forgot one thing Uh um when you do go to the documentation and click launch you instantly have your eyes burned (laughs) out of their sockets oh yeah by the mint website i didn't say it looked good I'm watching television in bed lights are off and we're, I'm like, Oh, let me check the document. Holy. <laughs> I mean, lit my room up, look like, you know, mutagen ooze had exploded in the bedroom all over. I mean, it was just green, bright, blinding website from 1998. And I just thought that's could use just a little updating. Like it, it's not like the no, all the information not is not a little. It could use a lot <laughs> of updating. To, I'm gen, I'm being
2: gentle. <laughs> what they need to do <laughs> is take LinuxMint.com and if they got money, they need to pay someone to say, "Look, here's Mint Why. Here's the theme. Here's what we want you to be inspired by to recreate our site. Do that." So yeah, well you know, but to their credit, they did actually try to change up the website. And then they were reamed for it online. So it, it was the same deal that they went through with the logo. You can see yep. the new logo in, a, in some like of the, the newer logo, pages. The, the new logo is awesome. Yeah, a nice logo. Yeah. Very sleek and flat, just, you know, yep. simple. And yep. I think that's what, what's really popular right now. But yeah, they, they need to they need to ignore the people that are telling them to go back and just revamp this website. Because I agree with you, it, it blows your face off every time. And
0: what's crazy, if you go to the Spices website which i think is still them right yeah yep. hey, it looks good yeah hey, it looks normal hey it's modern well it's like that this, was actually century, revamped modern <laughs> so. right right so maybe they the like ones. you know pull a little bit of that effort over to their main site so that was i was thinking you know every distro can learn something from somebody else right because i think a lot of them do oh here do things really well pop i wish they had a welcome screen like mint i really do you know one of the things we uh, i know rocco nailed pop last week is there's nothing that jumps up and says, Hey, we've made these changes or there there is no welcome uh, screen there that, that kind of walks you through things. I think that's a really good idea. But then you look at pop's website and you're like, ah, oh, this is amazing. And you look at Mint's website and you're like, Oh, this hurts my head. So, um, so anyways, after my migraine went away and I, the hospital got back because of my aneurysm. I thought, man, that website just needs a little love. So for all the polish, because I feel like there's a lot of polish in here. There's a, They've put a lot of attention to detail. I'm making a plea to you, Clem. Clem, Clemon, please, please
2: work on your website. Just, just go through with what you were going to do before. Just do it. So on the Snap thing, for Linux Mint, it's obviously forbidden. Without a little tinkering, you can't really get to it. So Clem does say that if at any point Snap were to take over the job of Apt, that he would block it. And that's exactly what happened. It didn't matter to him that it was Chromium that was affected. He had mentioned in a uh, post around June 15th that it could have been any package. It didn't matter at all. But if Snap was going to do the job of apt, then he would block it. So it just so happens that it was Chromium in this particular instance. He knows that there's a lot of effort that goes into packaging Chromium for Ubuntu. The Debian guys do it. We talked about it a little while ago. It's old. It's it's not even the current version. So it's obvious that there's a lot of work. And He also says that, you know, Linux Mint doesn't have the time to devote to doing it, which is why they don't do it. Uh, Ubuntu, backed by Canonical, doesn't have the time to put into packaging Chromium. So with his stance on Snaps, if it were to ever replace apt in any way, what would you have had him do? Joe, do you have any thoughts on that?
0: So right now, I'm having to make a decision of whether I'm sending my children back to school. Now, I said months ago, if the school doesn't do X, Y, Z, then my children will not be attending school. The school has not done XYZ. I am now not just going to tell my kids, hey, eh, go figure it out. Here's a workaround. Here's, here's, you'll get your education, maybe, right? I'm the caretaker of their environment. And so I'm going to provide them with the training they need, whether that's through another means distance learning, I'm going to figure out the path because I'm the keeper of the environment for my family. That's what I would have expected them to do is figure out a workaround pop figured out a workaround. You don't have to forbid something if you don't like it. Now you can remove it, you know, whatever. They didn't want to play the game. That's fine. But to just leave the user hanging there feels wrong and it feels aggressive and it kind of feels like an ultimatum was made as if, oh, hey, if you do this canonical or Ubuntu, whatever, I'm going to do this. That just doesn't feel in this situation like the right way to do without providing another way that's simple, right? I'm not going to make my kids Go like, hey, you got to figure out all this stuff and then I might help you, you know, or leave you some some treasure map on how to find education, like, it, which is sounds like, oh, I got to create two files. I got to do this. I got to do that. Like, just make it so the user isn't affected and handle your problems like a big boy with the other big boy you got the problems with. Don't make the user suffer. That's what I would have pushed for.
2: So what if it was some other package, any package that... Nobody really used. Yeah, then I don't care. So it's so it's only because it's chromium. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I I
0: think it's anything because the reason you have that package is because there's a user. The packages are there because people consume them. They take them. They want to use them. Could have been Audacity. Could have been whatever it was. Pick, pick whatever. A time clock uh, app, right? I don't care. Just don't make it harder for the user when your whole thing is about making it easier for the user. You brought the fight to their, to the user level. I'm fine if you got a fight, but don't bring it down to the user level. I agree Keep with that. Keep it up there where it needs to stay. You, I agree with that. You got a beef? Give Canonical a call. You know, send an e- I don't know. Like, do something to work it out,
2: not just, eh. Well, I agree with that. I, I agree that that what was said, especially in that post was not necessarily the best way to to handle it. It was probably one of the worst ways to handle it. But I don't think that there would have been any amount of talking that would have fixed the issue. Canonical, well, Ubuntu decided to package Chromium via Snap, and that was it. Linux Mint had come out, or Clem had come out and said that if you are going to take apt and throw Snap in the mix when the user didn't specifically ask for it, that they were going to block it.
3: But I think that goes back to Joe's point that maybe you have to step out and not put your own feelings of what you said into the mix and put the users above that. So yes, you did come out, not you, Clem, did come out and say, this would happen if X happened. But now we're in a situation where it did happen. So do you stick to your guns and make it harder on the users or do you change and say, okay, I know what I said. I know I don't like Snap and you might not like Snap, but this is what we're going to do to fix the problem. What would have been wrong with, you know, there's a workaround. What would have been wrong with there being a button to say, if you want snaps here, click this button. What would have been wrong with when it goes to install the package a pop-up box cuz mint is very big on pop-up boxes and information letting yeah, you know what dependencies are being installed and everything i mean clem's biggest problem was you know it was a back door so what what would have been wrong with having a box that said look this program wants to install snap are you okay with that yeah i can definitely see that there's no longer a back door it's not you're being notified by it but he could have taken that step and made it easier for the user. And like we've all said, they're all about making it easier on the user. And this decision here just doesn't fit with that whole idea.
2: Yeah. I think a lot of that could have been solved with a toggle on the welcome screen. Yeah. Do you want Snap or not? Or just put Chromium on there because of this whole entire thing. If you stick Chromium on the welcome screen, hey, by the way, there's an issue with Chromium. You might want it. If you want it, click this button. It's going to and you know, a list of things that it, that's going to happen to your system now, at that point.
3: To be honest, there I've seen a lot of people in the last couple of weeks defend Clem's decision. Linux Mint users who say, We're glad that he did that. I don't like snaps either. Blah, blah, blah. I know that there's people out there that are not upset about this decision it's not those that I'm concerned with it's those that I recommend coming over from Windows or people who aren't quite as you know receptive to Linux as far as hey we're just trying this new thing out what's all this infighting about snaps going on like what is that all about you know those are the people I'm concerned about so for those that can do the workaround or don't care about the whole debacle that's okay that's perfectly fine, but I think it should have been handled differently.
2: You're right. No, you're right. The, the the interpersonal stuff, that could have absolutely have been taken care of a different way, a better
1: way. And why not create, if your workaround is to install a deb from Debian, why not create your workaround deb package to do that?
2: I'm really hoping that that comes twenty <laughs> yeah. like 20.1 or something, because yeah. y'all are right about this. I mean... It should be about making it easy, and I shouldn't have had to have made a video showing you how to do it. Leo, you made a video? Yeah, I'm I'm actually really invested in it. The whole point, um, you know, I, I think the biggest thing is that you're right. Linux Mint should be easy, and I should not have had to have gone out and made a 10-minute video showing you how to add the Debian repo, do the apt pinning thing, show you how to update via the terminal, and, and get it all installed. It does work, and it works well, but yeah. The the bottom line, I think, overall is that I, I do agree with you guys. Um it, it should have been handled better. And I should not have had to have made a 10 minute video. But then again, hey, there's a 10 minute video out there. If you want Chromium on Linux Mint, you can go watch that and it'll it'll show you how to do it.
0: All Clem was doing in hindsight was looking to create content for the rest of us. That's it. That's all. So you know what? He's a giver. Is that what we're saying? He's I think He's so. really he's a giver. Yep. Good job, Clem. Good job by you, bud. All right, guys. Uh, so this is the moment of truth. What are we doing with these installs? You've had two weeks. You've stated all your points. Are we rolling with Linux Mint or is this just another nuke and pave
2: casualty? I didn't lie to you last time. Pop OS was there, it's still there. Linux Mint Cinnamon. Is gonna still be my daily driver, though. It's just too good. It's just way too good. All right, whatever. <laughs> I'll keep a pop. I got one.
1: I got you, Dan. I'm rolling over this, and and and, and I, I'm rolling over this, and I'm gonna nuke and pave. I, it, it, like it's super solid. I get that, and there is an audience for this. I just feels a little stale. I guess I, that's a, you know, it's not a. There's a couple add-on things, but it feels like the same old, same old. Not enough Flash for you, Dan. <laughs> I... <laughs> you got me.
0: <laughs> not enough Flash for you? I know, Alex QT. Or
1: <laughs> I, I know, yeah. All right, you got me. No, <laughs> i never...
0: enough Flash? Okay, all right. Rocco? Okay, so
3: as much as I like Cinnamon, and as much as I think that Linux Mint is... A great distro. I am paving it because I can't see using a distro that the guy creating the distro or running the distro will come out into the commu- into the community and lamb-based other people in the community, and that's just not okay to me. So no, it's gone. I can agree with that. We need to bond together. There were many ways that that could have been handled. Many ways, and all of them would have been better than the way it was handled.
2: You're right. Absolutely. Well,
0: yeah. I'm going to wipe that sucker as fast as I can. No. Uh I am going to keep one instance. I did put it on a couple of machines, and I think it's solid and it's great. It has a strong user base, a good community. Those are a lot of the things I think that make a distro even that much better. But I also struggle with the atmosphere surrounding it because of some of those statements. So, the same, the reason I mentioned that I love Pop was not just usability, but I feel like what they're about at System 76 speaks to me a little bit. I feel the opposite. Even and I tried to go back and highlight some positive there. I I know I know there's some I know Clem's probably not a bad guy, but when you put that out into the the world like that, I don't know, I can't find how that benefits anyone. But that's why it's such a bad decision, Joe.
3: Because everything about Linux Mint is about making it easier for the user. Except this. This decision Goes against that whole ethos of making it easier for a user to install Chromium,
1: and and as I mentioned, I only sat in the IRC room for maybe a couple hours, and there were people that came along and were confused. So, it's it's you can't say that there are not folks coming along and uh, having difficulty with it.
0: Yeah, and um I just I like my eyeballs and I just can't go to their website. So that's that's another reason I'm out. But uh also not to say I, I don't like to paint anything with a broad brush. This is a moment in time where maybe Clem had a bad day or a bad month or whatever. And he and, and whatever was put out there, everybody can change, everybody can learn from their mistakes, everybody can grow and ad- adapt and you know, develop. So hopefully that that comes from maybe this circumstance will improve things.
1: In the future. Housekeeping. We want to hear from you. Please send us some email. We read every email that comes in and hope to read some on the show. Blast your questions and feedback to contact at linuxuserspace.show. The Linux community has some fantastic members, and we want to make sure to highlight that. In our podcast showcase for this episode, we have Linux lads. Slight warning: sometimes the language is not safe for the workplace. Linux Lads is awesome, dude. It is.: Linux Lads.:
2: <laughs> What are
1: all lads? So you're telling me I need to put this in my
2: podcast catcher? I don't listen. Dude, so you're telling this, me I should. This you is in the top scribe. This is in the top
3: four of my podcast catcher, dude. It, OK. Yeah.
1: You absolutely should. Join the lads every two weeks for a relaxing time with some great conversation about Linux. More info at linuxlads.com. Dot com If you like what you hear on this show, please consider sponsoring us on patreon. Head on over to patreon.com/linuxuserspace. That's patreon.com forward/linuxuserspace all one word Please follow us on Twitter at Linuxuserspace to get the latest announcements for this show and highlights for things that impact your user space. Lastly, don't forget to rate this podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast application and like, comment, and subscribe on YouTube. You can always get more information at our website, LinuxUserspace.show.
2: This is App Focus, where we focus on the app. This episode, I want to talk to you about Warpinator. Kind of timely because we've been talking about Linux Mint 20 this entire time. And outside of the AUR, of course, Warpinator is only available in Linux Mint 20 without compiling it yourself. I've got the GitHub repo linked in the show notes just in case you want to attempt that. And we have heard that there might be possibly a snap sometime in the future.
3: But you wouldn't be able to install that on Linux Mint anyway, so
2: also true. <laughs> Actually, I've got a post about how to get rid of that prep file so that you can do that. I have worked That's around some irony this thing. For you. Yeah, I've I've worked around this thing a million different ways. Honestly, I'm a fence sitter. I don't I don't care one way or the other. So Warpinator. it's basically just AirDrop on Mac and iOS, but for Linux, all you got to do is launch it. You'll see every other machine that is running Warpinator on your LAN, select who you want to send files to, drag and drop straight into the interface, and the other node, by default, gets a notification that says, do you want this file from this computer? This is exactly how AirDrop works. If I'm sitting next to you and I've got a cool article or a file that I want to send to you, I just share, type, tap, done. And this is, this is the way that Warpinator behaves. One of the coolest things, though, And the way that I have started using Warpinator is configuring my desktop. Because it doesn't move. I don't have to worry too much about security. If you're on my LAN, it's probably going to be okay to, to ship me some files. So the way that I've used it is I do all of my recording on a laptop in a quieter room. And I do all of my editing on my slightly more powerful desktop. Moving files has been a pain point for me. And this has really solved all of that. I literally open up Orpinator, click on my desktop, drag my audio or video files into it. And by the time I walk over to my desktop, it's there ready for me to edit. So have you guys actually tried it out? Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. It is amazing, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Yep. We have Macs in our house. I I love AirDrop and I have iPhone and iPad. Like, I love airdrop. It makes life very simple. So you know this behavior, huh? I know. Look, I'm all about moving some stuff, man. And being able to share a file, uh, is a pain point as well. Uh, just to move it around. You can create a Samba, sir. You can do like all these. Yeah, sure. But man, just this app at first when i really started playing with it, I thought, man, this might be the reason I use mint. And then I use the rest of mint. So that didn't happen. But, um, it is, it's solid. It is, it is definitely a feature. I would be screaming from the hills if I was Linux Mint that I have this and it's working and it just, just worked out of the box. I, I loved it. Absolutely loved it.
3: I want to know why Linux Mint is the only one to do this. Why do we not have like three, four different versions of this on other districts? Like we have every other app. This is such an
2: important app to have. Why wouldn't we have more of them? floating around. Well, I, th- I think it's it's part of the part of the problem is that we do, right? They're just not distro specific. We have sync thing, we have resilio sync, we have Yes, but they're not know, they're not though. as not simple
3: though, right? I mean, no. talk to me about warpinator. I mean, it, it's so much simpler than sync
0: thing. Yeah, I've got sync thing running as well. It's not it's not sync thing. Like no, yeah. sync thing takes work and effort to set up and it's great. Awesome. This didn't take any work. It popped up, I drag, I'm done. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't get it. I don't know why it's not everywhere. Maybe it will be. Maybe the snap will be.
1: I'm holding out for the snap.
2: I think it will be. I think once uh, once people really kind of realize just exactly how easy Warpinator is, because, I mean, I, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I don't use sync thing, but I certainly have a full-blown NAS with nightly backups and everything else. Logging into the NAS, drop, dragging and dropping my file, getting on the other machine, logging into the nas, pulling the file off and then getting to work is just too much. It's too much. The the fact that i can just drag and drop and be done is absolutely fantastic. What i end up doing
0: most of the time is dragging it to drive, waiting for it to upload and then downloading it again. That's yeah. that's the fastest i have at least i have fast internet. So but that feels so dumb to have to do that when i have stuff right here on my land. I have multiple machines. They're all running Linux. I should just be able to share stuff
1: and without having to go create things. That's a well-traveled file when you send it to the cloud and back. Man, I have sent that thing to,
0: yeah, all over the world, traveled around the world just so I could get the dumb doc, you know, like it, it is really, yeah, this is amazing. I hope it goes somewhere. I hope it becomes a thing. I don't, it's weird to me. I was, as I was looking at it, they started with it years ago, right? It was called
2: something else before giver yeah giver yeah i'm glad they changed that yeah I, i really like warpinator better well other things to focus on i would guess but the last point i'll make about it and and you brought it up with the cloud thing you're dependent on so many different things when you do that you're dependent on your account for google drive you're dependent on your upload speed you're dependent on you know the quality of cabling all between you and wherever the cloud is with warpinator you're dependent on your network If your network is gig through and through, you know, no Wi-Fi involved or anything like that, you're, you're transferring at blazing speeds. That is the best part about Warpinator, in my opinion, that from my desktop to my daughter's desktop, drag and drop, like it is there before I walk over there to see that file. It's just fantastic.
0: No limit on size, right? Nope. Like anything? Yep. I say I use drive quite a bit, but also I have like, or I'll do FTP. Like if it's a big file, if it's. Video or whatever I'll FTP it from Place to it. But then again Like yes yeah, Set that up You gotta log in You gotta yep. Trust the computers You gotta It's just eh. I
2: love F- SFTP But man Right Waropenator's nice One thing
1: you won't be using Is Firefox sent Oh I love them Ooh. though <laughs> They gotta Too fix their soon. malware
0: thing Man we weren't gonna be using it anyways <laughs> Firefox isn't uh, They're not You know Linux isn't a first class citizen anymore Anyways right? <laughs> They're developing for Windows now One tier. So last thing, will you use it? I'm already using it. I won't be able to use it after I nuke both of these Mint installs, but I'm hopeful that it comes out. As soon as it's available everywhere, I'll be all over it.
2: Dan and Rocco, you gotta get on this train. You gotta use it first, decide that you like it and then never stop using it.
1: I'm inclined to give it a try, even if I have to run it from the GitHub repo. But I would really love it if it came out for a snap.
3: Well, I can tell you that it is a great idea. And it is an awesome program to have that we should have in other distros. I should be able to use it on POP. So I'm not going to be able to use it because I only got one install of Linux Mint. Look, dude, I'm not compiling their software, okay? I got too many other things to do. Than to Bash compile top stuff. was already a bridge
2: <laughs> too far. Right? <laughs> so
0: now yeah, we got to do all these workarounds so we can get, you know, Browser, so Wow. Don't have time. Okay. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. We thank you so much for being with us and listening and for supporting us in every way that you do. Be sure to catch us on YouTube or this podcast. And where can we find you guys?
2: You can find me at Leo Chavez on Twitter.
1: You can find me at kc 2 Easy on Twitter. And you can find me at Big Daddy Linux.
2: And I'm at Jojo
0: Fett. Join us in two weeks when we return to the Linux user space. All right, so. All right. You all right? Yeah, it's been a long one. Okay. We had a, you know, anytime our family goes driving, there's a lot of singing involved. So Mm -hmm. my daughter realized we, my wife and I are big Chicago fans. Mm. So I've been, I've been doing a lot of Peter Cetera this weekend. That's rough <laughs> on so the voice. Peter I cannot Cetera. stretch
1: my voice that far. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Peter is yeah. well, pretty rough, I,
0: but I, I do like to, you know, get it out. There. <laughs> uh, they all laugh, cry a little, and I enjoy it. So,
3: okay. So we got Dan's housekeeping and Leah's app focus. No,
1: it's Dan's housekeeping! Me fluff your pillow! Oh. Dan, you gotta say that too. I'm here to fluff your pillow! Me fluff your pillow! Mr. Leo! Housekeeping! Mr. Dan! Okay. That's all I got. I can't do anymore. Sorry, I'm, I'm over here staring at my, uh, transitional package of chromium.
2: It's a dummy package.
1: You I enjoy have it. a dummy
0: package in my system yeah, software store. There, there, is nothing there is
3: nothing transitioning about
1: that package, let me tell you. No. Yeah. Transitioning mm. to frustration. Yeah. That might be the name of the show. There it is. Right.
0: When asked about his plan and why they started, why Ubuntu, or let's see, why. How about that? How about that, Dan? You like that? Yeah, yeah, give me some of that.